You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to a very special episode of the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. It's our inaugural listener questions episode. We've done listener questions in the past, but uh, never done a standalone episode. So welcome to it. If you're joining us live, hope you enjoy it. If you're listening to it after the fact, I am Anthony Cazenza. And as usual, I am joined by my co-host, John Sheeran. John, uh, happy Friday to you. Yeah, happy Friday to you. I see a little more natural light in your humble abode there it must be noon out there i think <laughs> yeah yeah and just before i took the air you saw me mowing down some food so um yeah lunchtime for me but um i appreciate you uh you know making the time for this and we're gonna dive right into some questions we've already got some via uh via twitter we've got we've had some via email we've had some via text and call so we're gonna get to all of those you can have yours heard um on the air or you know, you can have yours heard on the air by doing the live YouTube chat. You can leave it there. You can get in touch with us, 949-542-6241, call or text. Um, you can leave them in the Cincy Jungle comment thread. This this is going live on cincyjungle.com as well. So um, leave it there, and uh, we will get to your questions. If for some reason we did, do not get to your questions, keep it to cincyjungle.com. We're going to try and get to um, – we're going to try and get to the rest that we don't get to in a mailbag uh, post. So check that out. And John, just like that, we've already got someone on the line. I believe it's Wayne. Wayne, uh, are you there? This is the Orange and Black Insider. Yes, I am here calling from Cleveland. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> what's on your What's on your mind this yeah, week? Uh, let's talk about the uh, the ball distribution. After Boyd and Green, how do you see that playing out between Eifert, Uzama, Mixon, Ross, and whoever, Erickson, Tate, whatever? Uh, we're going to take your question off the air. Thanks for calling in, Wayne. Don't be a stranger, man. Uh, hopefully you call in again soon, and um, hopefully we give you some sort of answer you're looking for. Appreciate the question. That's a good question, too. Um, so that's Wayne from, from Cleveland. Uh, I'm sure it's an interesting time in his town. That's an interesting question because this is – uh, this is going to be uh, kind of a point of debate 
because of the new Zach Taylor offense, John. So uh, how do you foresee that kind of going? If, if you have a percentage split too, I'm sure we'd love to hear it, but um, it might be a little early for that. Yeah, it's not even June yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave out the percentages until we get closer there. But I think the plan would always be as long as Tyler Eifert's here, he would always be like that third option because he's not exactly a, a pure tight end. He's more of a, just a big slot receiver, and I think he's by far the second or third most talented receiver they have. But of course, the answer to this question and just this overall question it always varies, and it will always be different once the season comes out because of injuries and because of the roles changing as well. So I think. The, the plan should be Eifert, and after that, then you go gradually go into Ross, then Erickson, and obviously, and then you have Uzoma probably in between both of those guys. So I think in that general order, I think it's the plan, but obviously you can never count on uh, Eifert's health. So, you know, I would, I think the plan would be Eifert, but I don't think he's going to end up being that unless he proves he can stay healthy. Yeah, and I also think it has to do with it's, it's formation dependent and, and situation dependent, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think we know Green's kind of the do-it-all guy. Boyd is a guy that will move the sticks. Um, he's becoming more of a do-it-all guy, but he is kind of those tough, the, the more of the tough catch, move the sticks, shorter yardage, intermediate routes. Where I, I, you know, I think you're right about Eifert kind of being, you know, maybe number two, number three in the pecking order. But I think that is also, um, I think where he's really going to be used heavily is going to be in the red zone. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's his forte, and I think that's where you're going to see a lot of usage for Eifert. And I do think, unfortunately, I think there's going to be a little bit of a pitch count there because I think they want to have him healthy. They'd rather have him around and maybe limit his snap, have him around longer and limit his snaps than, you know, have him for four games and be gone again, uh, potentially. So, um, you know, I, I think I think Eifert's going to be definitely upper in the upper mix of things, but I think it's going to be more in the red zone. I think the Bengals are trusting guys like Boyd, Uzama, and uh, you know, I, I I also thought Wayne brought an interesting point up about Erickson. I think Erickson uh, apparently there's you know there were some trade offers for Erickson, and the Bengals were unwilling to part with him, so uh, he could see an increase in uh, snaps on offense as well. Um, going to our emails, John, there was one from Chris Priest. Uh, and this, I thought this was a good one too, because it says, what's, what's the buzz in OTAs about the defensive scheme and what do the players think about it? We hear a ton about how great the offense is slash will be, but I'm really concerned about Lou Anarumo being an unproven defensive coordinator with what happened last year. Yeah, that's, that's a fair concern because just like Taylor has little to no experience as a play caller in the NFL. I think the one thing that we've heard though, is that uh, of how different in a, in a more positive sense from Terrell Austin, because uh, players, I think according to Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, they were uncomfortable. They were tentative. They were just unsure about their assignments. There's just a lot of miscommunication with that. And I think the biggest difference has been, it's just more simplified and more plain to the player's strengths. And that, and that I, I kind of pause with that because you kind of heard similar things last year about the offense with Bill Lazor. I remember specifically, there was an article on the athletic by how similar it was to the air or Coriel system where, you know, all the route combinations were just based off numbers and it was very easy to communicate in that sense. So it, as long as it's not bland and easy to pick apart, I, I think it, it should benefit, especially the young players to pick it up more quickly. Cause I know William Jackson had trouble last year, with the scheme, the line, Backers had immense trouble with the scheme last year. So simplified is definitely better in a football sense, but as long as it's not too simplified, we can't get figured out in a, in a couple of weeks because d- defense production and efficiency is so volatile in the NFL, and it's hard to sustain that success. But if they can 
find a way to maximize those those strengths. I think they I think those should be on the right path, and hopefully they are because you know they definitely need to be a lot better on defense this year. Yeah, and I think I think it's as odd as it's going to sound saying it out loud. I think there's going to be a mix on defense in terms of there's going to be there needs to be the simplification of things. I think they were thrown too much, too many. They were trying to do too many different things all in one game or one couple couple of games and uh you know it, guys were confused and it just obviously you, you saw it on the field they they just were out of position a lot um and it showed it hurt them uh, especially against the higher quality offenses but I, so i think there is going to be a simplification of a lot of things but i also think there's going to be some according to anna rumo there's going to be some mix up of looks that we haven't really seen too often i think there's going to be lesser linebackers on the field maybe that's why they only used you know, two, basically two draft picks and re-signed one guy, I guess that's three players. <laughs> so it's not just, but I mean, they got rid of perfect and they're making some changes there, but you would have thought they would have maybe done even more than that. Uh, and, and they didn't. So I think maybe you're going to see more defensive back heavy schemes. That's why D- Denard and BW Webb were brought in. And I think, you know, you may see some three man fronts, five man fronts. I think they're just going to do some different things. Um, but I think they are going to, um, I think they're going to, to most of what they run will be a little bit more simplified than there, than it was under Terrell Austin, because that was just an absolute disaster. Um, <laughs> under him. So in the, uh, in the live YouTube chat, and this was, this person is in the live YouTube chat as well as, uh, leaving a question, um, for, uh, us in the Cincy jungle thread. I think it's, uh, Lil AJ 18, uh, who are your favorite rookies this year? One on offense and on defense and why? All right. Um, favorite rookies definitely on offense is Jonah Williams, just cause he's a great prospect and he's going to play immediately. And we're going to get to see, how well he his game translates as a rookie because rookie offensive linemen succeeding early is a rare thing in the NFL and, and typically only first rounders are the guys who do it. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, favorite rookie on defense? Uh, I'll go with Pratt because he was another one of my favorites and maybe my favorite draft pick of the entire draft outside of the first round. He's also going to play early. I, I love his skill set. I love what he brings as a weak side linebacker, as a, as a pursuit linebacker. I think if you're looking at guys who can replace what Perfect brought on his best days, probably was one of the best guys for them to draft. So it's kind of a boring answer, but I, those three just come to mind because they're going to play early and we're going to get to see the, the early dividends of those, of those picks. Well, you call it a, a boring answer. I call it the, the, the smart answer. And I'm going to go right. a route that maybe, <laughs> that maybe isn't as smart because to me, this is dependent upon what you're, what you're actually asking. I think where you're going and it's probably the right way and what, how this person meant it, but it's, you know, who are your favorite rookies on offense and defense because of their potential impacts, uh, you know, on day one. And those two guys easily, you know, I, I, they should be starting and they should, they should be improvements uh, where they're, where they're starting. So, um, I mean, obviously those two make a difference. I mean, for me though, I, you know, I look at potential and I, I look at um, maybe a little bit of backstory for, for a couple of guys on offense. I like the Rodney Anderson pick a lot. Um, now it may be mm-hmm. a red shirt year. It may be a guy that, you know, maybe doesn't really even aside from the rehabbing of the injury, he's down on the pecking order. So he may not even contribute much in 2019, but I think he would have been, I mean, there were, there was talk that he would have been one of the top running backs in this class had he been healthy. Um, he has explosion. He has, uh, you know, he can catch the ball. Well, 
I, I think that's a diamond in the rough, so to speak. And uh, the Bengals got a steal with him as Giovanni Bernard potentially moves on from the team after this year. Maybe he's a guy who figures to have a more prominent role. I think Travion Williams is, is an interesting guy because of his potential scheme fit and uh, familiarity with what Jim Turner likes to do with the offensive line. But I think Rodney Anderson on offense has a little more upside and uh, I, you know, we got to be patient with him, I think, but in terms of my favorite pick, I think value, potential, and uh, kind of a surprise, you know, after they grabbed another running back, they went and got another one. So interesting guy there to me. And I don't know that he'll ever amount to, to much in terms of a pro, in terms of a starter or anything like that. But I guess on defense, I'm going to go Deshaun Davis simply because of the story behind him. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of the old school mold. He's um, he didn't test overly well. Uh, the chips are stacked against him as a pro to be, you know, a real, uh, you know, a guy that's going to contribute at a high level. But for me, you look back to some of the stories you hear about this kid. He, you know, he was around a lot of troubled people in his, in his life. And I think a middle school teacher told him basically by the age of 18, you'll be in jail or dead. Um, and now here he is. He's a, I think he has his degree from Auburn and he's mm -hmm. playing, he's playing professional football. And, um, you know, he may be nothing more than a special teams guy for the Bengals for a couple of years, but even so that's, that's pretty cool. So to me, those are, those are for differing reasons. I like the guys you mentioned, obviously for on-field reasons, but, um, for some other reasons, I like, I like those too. I'm surprised neither of us said Drew Sample, who, AKA the greatest guy <laughs> who's ever existed. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think if if a member of the Bengals coaching staff was on this program today, they would probably note that. So um, this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. John Sheeran, John Sheeran over there, Anthony Cazenza here, and we are going through some listener questions. We we used to do these at the end of our weekly stand uh, weekly standard show, but um, we've decided that, uh, you know, shows are going a little too long and we want to keep bringing you new content and we want to have you continue to have a voice on this program. So we get, we thought we'd give you a, a specific platform to do that. If we don't get to your question today, we're going to try and get to a lot of them. If we don't get to those, we're going to try and put those in a mailbag segment on cincyjungle.com. So check that out and we'll try and get to, to as many as we can today. We are still taking texts and calls, 949-542-6241, or you can get at us in the live YouTube chat or the, or the Cincy Jungle comment threads. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We don't know exactly if this is going to be a standard Friday afternoon thing going forward. Uh, we'll definitely keep you in mind. 
we've already got a lot of people interested. So um, we will uh, definitely keep you updated. We've got another call on the line. So we're going to get to that here in just a second. Uh, John, uh, let me grab this for us. Hey, this is the Orange Black Insider. Who's this? Hey, how you doing? It's Terrell. Terrell, what's going on, man? You made it. You made it to the to the other show. How you doing? Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, just Before I did, admittedly, before we took the air, I did not uh, hear much. I think he's visiting the Panthers as of today. Uh, Terrell, we're gonna uh, we're we're gonna answer your questions off the air. Thanks for calling in, man. Good to hear from you again. Um, so there's a couple things there, and I'm gonna save the Dalton thing for last, John, if you don't mind, because there are some other questions we received that can kind of tie into that. Um, the first thing, and I think I saw some rumblings of it before we took the air. I think. Uh, did the Bengals make it known that they are working on extensions publicly now for AJ Green and Tyler Boyd? A friend of the friend of the show, Ace Boogie, made it known that they are currently in talks right now. He wrote his own little breaking news on his YouTube channel, New Stripe City. So yeah, that was something that he dropped on on the timeline not too long ago. Yeah, I saw. I saw. That's that's who I saw break it. Um, and obviously for those, I don't think it's official. Is if if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I I think if anything, it it was mentioned through. Um, Bengals.com, Jeff Hobson said something about, you know, they were talking about the Gerald McCoy thing. And um, I think, of course, uh, and I, I love Jeff Hobson, but of course, he's he's the the cold, cold, cold water bucket guy. Um, yeah. he, you know, he kind of said, you know, not at the expense, you know, Gerald McCoy, they're interested if the price is right and all that kind of stuff, but not at the expense of potentially Boyd and or Green. I get it. But at the same time, other teams manage to do these things all the time. So <laughs> I don't know how, you know. Uh, whatever. But, um, you know, uh, speaking to Terrell's other question, my understanding is that uh, McCoy had a meeting with the Browns and the Ravens this week, uh, is now headed to Carolina for a meeting this weekend. Um, after that, probably going to mull his options. Some people are saying, you know, oh, um, because he left those other two and and Hobson's comments on an article, maybe the Bengals are still in the mix. I don't buy it. Uh, I don't know if you have any other updates or opinions on that based on what Terrell was asking. I buy that they're interested. I don't buy that they'll be able to get him into the door because if he's not going to accept the money that the Browns initially offered or the Ravens initially offered, there's just no way in hell that he's going to accept whatever the Bengals are going to offer him because it's not going to be as much, which is just something we all kind of knew. 
So I, I don't doubt that the interest is real, but I just doubt the ability for them to get him to come here, regardless of the connections between uh, Zach Taylor, AJ Green, who shares his agent, and uh, Mark Duffner, who was his defensive coordinator last year. So like, like there's connections there, but it's just it, it just comes down to the one thing that has always prohibited them from kind of closing the deal on, on, on these kinds of things. So Terrell mentioned, you know, he thinks – uh, especially with the, the crew kind of intact again and, and obviously this new system, there's there's a dividing line amongst fans this year. You know, it's it's Dalton's going to do awesome in this new system with all these guys around him and an improved, a seemingly improved offensive line, or it's going to be a lot more of the same where, you know, he beats the teams and plays well against the teams he's supposed to, falters in the big games, and, you know, then, you know, we're back to kind of square one potentially in a year or two with the Bengals looking for a new quarterback. Um, so there's Terrell's stance. He's he's a bit more positive. And then we also had a text message from a 513 area code. I, I didn't catch the name on it, but um, on the other side of the coin, it's <laughs> you had to if you had to convince a fan into liking Andy Dalton in order to keep him from switching to Cleveland, could you do it? And what would you say? Asking for a friend, and I'm sure, of course, asking for a friend is uh, <laughs> quote unquote asking for a friend. So uh, you know. Number one for you, I want to I want to ask, you know, where you reside between the Terrell camp and the, this text messengers camp, and uh, also what what would you say to someone that's maybe looking to jump ship be, specifically because of Andy? Well, okay, so I'm just kind of in the middle because I know that under the right scenario and circumstances, you can get near elite production out of Dalton. I just don't believe at this point in his career it's, it's sustainable because we've seen it hasn't been sustainable if the supporting cast diminishes even in the slightest and if there's a below average play caller that that can't elevate him to what he can be under the right circumstances. So I do believe that if this is the supporting cast, if Taylor is the play caller, you are going to be able to get near elite production at all and as long as everybody stays healthy. I don't believe it's something that you can count on for another four to five years, a.k.a. The, the length of a third contract extension for him. I think they need to have the courage to look at whatever Dalton does this year, good or bad, and realize that, hey, this is probably it for us. We need to find someone who's better, who can sustain success regardless of the, of his surrounding cast. And I don't believe they're capable of doing that because I feel like if Dalton succeeds well, he's probably going to get another contract. But if he doesn't, the Bengals are going to suffer, but they'll find another quarterback. So it's kind of like a middle ground that you have to kind of decide what side that, that you're on. I'm just in the camp that, you know, they understand who Dalton is, but they still want to maximize him because he's here now and help the team succeed. And as far as comparing, you know, the Bengals to Cleveland, do you, do you like redheads or brunettes? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I don't believe that Dalton um, ever put a flag in Ohio State's midfield. So if you're a Buckeyes fan, that's at least something that, 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 that Andy Dalton's ever done. So yeah. <laughs> I don't really have a lot with that. Yeah. Hey, uh, by the way, it might've been something on my end. Uh, Mr. Sinister said, we heard you, John. So um, I may have just had you repeat yourself, but uh, I had a nice dress rehearsal. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll there you go. It's the joys of, of live recording and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get that figured out. But um, yeah, great, great stuff on that. And um, you know, I, I will say this, and I think you kind of sort of began to touch on it. And I think that's, what's something important to note. Yeah, you know, quarterbacks in a system maybe take two to three years to be most comfortable and all of that. But I would say, uh, especially someone looking to defect to Cleveland, you know, 
I would say that this is probably the year that you will see the max you will see out of Andy Dalton for better or for worse. And I, I say that because it's a, it's a quarterback friendly system. All of the guys are back healthy. I highly doubt that the injury bug is going to hit as severely as it did last year. Um, there seems to be a new energy in the, in the team and the offensive line is seemingly improved on paper, even if it's marginally improved, it seems to be improved. So, um, you know, I, I would say that this year is probably, you know, you maybe want to give it one more year because this is probably the year that you will see the most that you will have seen out of Andy Dalton. And, uh, if he can't, if he can't replicate something close to the 2015 stats and, and confidence level that we saw, then, um, you know, then I, I think that's your sign that that's definitely time to move on from them. Uh, we're going to get out of here in just a, a minute or two. This is Anthony Cazenza and John Sharon with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, as well as CincyJungle.com. You can get all of our contact, on, or all of our content on uh, CincyJungle.com, as well as iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You can get it on. Um, uh, the megaphone platform, as well as our YouTube channel. So subscribe to our channels. And hey, we're going to keep doing these uh, standalone listener question episodes. So join us, submit your questions. We want to keep hearing from you. And we had a great response for this inaugural standalone episode. We've got a few more that that have come our way. I don't think we'll get to all of them, but there is one, uh, especially because it's so complimentary, John. Um, and, and it was a very uh, it was a very interesting question. It was from Thomas Mack. I think this one was via email as well. Hi, Anthony. I've been following the podcast via YouTube for a while now, as well as the Cincy Jungle website. It's my first time writing in. And I'd like to thank you, John, and the rest of the staff for the job you guys do in Bengals coverage. Um, I love to talk Bengals football, but don't really have other fans. He's in Charleston, West Virginia to chat at length with. Um the question, uh, I'm going to try and be brief here. I feel like the theme of the offseason has been to take out insurance policy, so to speak, um, talking about the injuries from last year uh, and backups forced into service. Uh, my questions are, do you agree um, – do you agree that the the offseason emphasis was on upgrading the back end of the roster? Um, and do you think the Bengals will make more moves during and or after training camp as other teams cut players? Uh, thanks again to you and your fellow staff for your work. If you guys would like, I'd be happy to submit a piece the further backs of my view. Um, I, I've said this before, John, uh, on some episodes recently that I, th I don't know if this was necessarily the, the, the strategy this year, but I think the Bengals have made it known that they think they have enough talent at the starting spots that they can compete with a lot of other teams, if not every other team. Again, I emphasize they think that, yeah. but um, they, the key for them or a key for them was to bolster some of these backup spots. If that injury bug did hit again. I mean, it was they were insanely unlucky last year, but you saw when some of these guys went down, this team was nowhere near the same as it was when they started. Obviously, they were playing better teams too, but you know, for me, I think the key to this team is that they are better prepared if those injuries hit again to remain competitive, win more games than in years past. It's, it's an interesting dynamic because I do agree with you that they are more that they're, they're, there's more comforting there's more comforting depth at positions this year than compared to last year. But also, they, they also believe that they have a starting quality right tackle. So it's not like we can take their word for everything that they say. But yeah, like only only two draft picks are projected to start. And that's some 
pretty similar to what it's been in years past. They typically like to draft guys that don't play immediately in, in early, which is definitely fine because it's hard to trust a lot of rookies starting at the same time. But also at the same time, under Marvin Lewis, you had a lot of veterans who kind of held on to their to their spots a lot longer and then the, the lack of trust in rookies kind of diminished the team a bit. So I don't think it's tremendously different in terms of draft strategy from that sense. And also the fact that most of their free agent signings, you know, John Miller, BW Webb, Kerry Wynn, at least two of the at least two of those guys went signed were figured to start. And I don't think Webb is going to be the starter now that that, that, that Dennard's back, but Miller definitely looks like he's going to start and signing a, a free and he's like the one free agent they signed per year that, that is going to start. And you know, Webb has starting ability, but he's probably not going to start, but he had a contract that maybe could have indicated that. And I think Wynn is potentially inclined to play significant snaps is like that nickel pass rusher. So in terms of just process, I think it's not tremendously different in years past, which kind of goes along the same line. Like the, most of the core is still there. They're just filling out the rest of the depth. And I, and I think that's just a good way of looking at it, where it's just improving the back end of the roster, making sure that it's going to be really tough to, to crack down to 53 players. You're thinking, well, this is a five and, you know, a six and 10 team. You wouldn't assume there's a lot of talent there, but a lot of that talent was on the injury block last year. And it was unfortunate. I think they're just doing their best to make sure that if it does happen again, they're in better position to still compete towards the end of the season. And hopefully they are more healthy and, and this process will pay off. Whereas they're not looking to add more immediate starters through free agency in the draft. And just hopefully they can maintain health and utilize that depth to, to its maximum. Yeah. I mean, that that's why I, I don't want to sit here and say, you know, immediately, Oh, the Bengals are a playoff team in 2019, but you know, that's where I, I balk at, you know, the the national media calling this team a three-win team and all of that based on Andy Dalton being out last year, A.J. Green. I mean, there were a lot of significant injuries. That doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be, you know, a 10-11 win team this year. But, you know, I don't see how a 6-10 and 10 team with Jeff Driscoll starting games and, and other players stepping in for others, I don't see how they <laughs> they – win three last game or lose three more games than they did last year based on all of that. Maybe they tread water, maybe they improve a game or two and that's it. But um, I, I don't, I, that doesn't really make much sense to me, but um, you know, it is what it is. And uh, we talked about some other national media members kind of hating on the Bengals on this week's last episode. That's going to do it for us in the uh, – we, we wish we could get to all of the questions. There was one from Sam Anger in the U.K. There's a couple others in the live YouTube chat. There was one from Let14 in the Hall of Fame now on the Cincy Jungle comment thread. We apologize we couldn't get to those. We're going to try and get to those on some uh, Cincy Jungle mailbag posts. We appreciate all the feedback. We're going to continue to do this, especially since you guys seem to enjoy it and um, submitted so many questions to us. We appreciate that. So uh, we think we're going to make this a weekly thing, if not – maybe a couple times a month and, and go from there. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be Fridays or not quite yet, but we'll keep you updated. We'll let you know. And we appreciate everyone's uh, participation, the calls, the texts, everything. We appreciate all of that. You can get this show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play. You can get it on the Megaphone platform as well as on YouTube and everything on Cincy Jungle. Keep it to CincyJungle.com for all the news, opinions, analysis. There's still... Even though things have quieted down a little bit after free agency in the draft, there's obviously still some news with Gerald McCoy and other things happening. So keep it there. Find folks like John Sheeran, my co-host there, is uh, putting up quality content. So check that out. Check out all the stuff at CincyJungle.com. John, any any final thoughts before we cruise on out of here for the weekend? It's Friday, folks. Go out and get a drink.
Yeah, like I'm about to do. I can't. I can't yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little early for me, but maybe, maybe later this evening I will. But uh, enjoy your weekend, guys. Thanks, John, for popping on, and uh, we'll see you next time. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash Flagship. This is a paid advertisement.